TOB number 13, General Audience of January 2nd, 1980. Intimacy, the hidden meaning of vision. We return to the analysis of the Genesis text, Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, begun a few weeks ago. According to this passage, the man and the woman see each other, as it were, through the mystery of creation. They see each other in this way before knowing that they were naked. This reciprocal vision of each other is not only a share in the exterior perception of the world, but also has an inner dimension of a share in the vision of the Creator Himself, in that vision about which the account of Genesis 1 speaks several times. God saw everything that He had made, and indeed it was very good. Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. Nakedness signifies the original good of the divine vision. It signifies the whole simplicity and fullness of this vision, which shows the pure value of man as male and female, the pure value of the body and of its sex. The situation that is indicated in such a concise and at the same time suggestive way by the original revelation of the body, as expressed in particular by Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, does not contain an inner break in antithesis between what is spiritual and what is sensible, just as it does not contain a break and antithesis between what constitutes the person as human and what is determined by sex in man, that is, what is male and female. Seeing each other reciprocally through the very mystery of creation, as it were, the man and the woman see each other still more fully and clearly than through the sense of sight itself, that is, through the eyes of the body. They see and know each other, in fact, with all the peace of the interior gaze, which creates precisely the fullness of the intimacy of persons. If shame carries with it a specific limitation of vision through the eyes of the body, this happens above all because personal intimacy is, as it were, troubled and threatened by such vision. According to Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, the man and the woman did not feel shame. Seeing and knowing each other in all the peace and tranquility of the interior gaze, they communicate in the fullness of humanity, which shows itself in them as reciprocal complementarity precisely because they are male and female. At the same time, they communicate based on the communion of persons in which they become a mutual gift for each other through femininity and masculinity. In reciprocity, they reach in this way a particular understanding of the meaning of their own bodies. The original meaning of nakedness corresponds to the simplicity and fullness of vision in which their understanding of the meaning of the body is born from the very heart, as it were, of their community communion. We will call this meaning spousal. The man and the woman in Genesis chapter 2 verses 23 through 25 emerge precisely at their very beginning with this consciousness of the meaning of their own bodies. This deserves a deepened analysis. Man in the dimension of gift. The spousal meaning of the body. Creation as giving. If the account of the creation of man in the two versions, that of Genesis 1 and the Yahweh's version in Genesis 2, allows us to establish the original meaning of solitude, unity, and nakedness, by this very fact, it allows us also to reach the basis of an adequate anthropology, 
which seeks to understand and interpret man in what is essentially human. The biblical text contained the essential elements of such an anthropology, which become clear in the theological context of the image of God. This concept contains in a hidden way the very root of the truth about man revealed by the beginning, to which Christ appeals in the dialogue with the Pharisees. See Matthew chapter 19, verse 3 through 9, when he speaks about the creation of man as male and female. One must remember that all the analyses we are carrying out here are connected, at least indirectly, with precisely these words, man, whom God created male and female, bears the divine image impressed in the body from the beginning. Man and woman constitute, so to speak, two diverse ways of being a body that are proper to human nature in the unity of this image. We should now turn anew to those fundamental words that Christ used, that is, to the word created and to the subject creator, introducing into the considerations carried out so far a new dimension, a new criterion of understanding and of interpretation that we will call hermeneutics of the gift. The dimension of gift is decisive for the essential truth and the depth of the meaning of original solitude, unity, nakedness. It stands also at the very heart of the mystery of creation, which allows us to build the theology of the body from the beginning, but at the same time demands that we build it in precisely this way. On Christ's lips, the word created contains the same truth that we find in Genesis. The first creation account repeats this word several times from Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. To Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, God created man in his image. God reveals himself above all as creator. Christ appeals to this fundamental revelation contained in Genesis. The concept of creation has all its depth, not only a metaphysical, but also a fully theological depth in Genesis. The creator is he who calls to existence from nothing and who establishes the world in existence and man in the world because he is love. First John chapter four, verse eight. We admittedly do not find this word love, God is love, in the creation account. Nevertheless, that account often repeats, God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. Through these words, we are led to glimpse in love the divine motive for creation, the source, as it were, from which it springs. Only love, in fact, gives rise to the good, and is well pleased with the good. See 1 Corinthians chapter 13. As an action of God, creation thus means not only calling from nothing to existence, in establishing the world's existence as well as man's existence in the world, but according to the first account, it also signifies gift, a fundamental and radical gift, that is, an act of giving in which the gift comes into being precisely from nothing. Giving and man. Reading the first chapters of Genesis introduces us into the mystery of creation, that is, of the beginning of the world by the will of God who is omnipotence and love. Consequently, every creature bears within itself the sign of the original and fundamental gift. Yet at the same time, the concept of giving cannot refer to nothing. It indicates the one who gives and the one who receives the gift, as well as the relation established between them. 
Now this relation emerges in the creation account at the very moment of the creation of man. This relation is shown above all by the expression, God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. In the account of the creation of the visible world, giving has meaning only in relation to man. In the whole work of creation, it is only about him that one can say, a gift has been granted. The visible world has been created for him. The biblical creation account offers us sufficient reasons for such an understanding and interpretation. Creation is a gift because man appears in it who, as an image of God, is able to understand the very meaning of the gift in the call from nothing to existence. He is also able to respond to the creator with the language of this understanding. When one interprets the creation account precisely with this language, one can deduce from it that creation constitutes the fundamental and original gift. Man appears in creation as the one who has received the world as a gift, and vice versa. One can also say that the world has received man as a gift. At this point, we must interrupt our analysis. What we have said so far stands in the strictest relation with the whole anthropological problematic of the beginning. Man appears in it as created, that is, as the one who, in the midst of the world, has received the other human being as a gift. In what follows, it is precisely this dimension of gift that we must subject to a profound analysis in order to understand also the meaning of the body in its right measure. This will be the object of our next meditations.